This is crisscross applesauce. I'm Amit Kooner. I'm the uh, data guy here. I'm Mike Gardner, one third of crisscross applesauce. I am the Donald guy here. So talking about a lot of things, politics and the like. And I am Gunther. I am the other fourth of crisscross applesauce. <laughs> Um, That's true, there are four of us. I'm the designer. <laughs> this is episode five of Crisscross Applesauce. You have Amit Kooner here and Michael Gardner. Hi, I'm Michael Gardner. Yeah, sorry, I shouldn't have. Uh... No, no, no. Thank you for introducing me. Yeah. And hey, I'm Gunther Shanae. <laughs> Gunther's on his way. He's going to be joining us momentarily, but Amin and I are going to kick this thing off. Yes, yes. So it's another month has has passed since we did the last episode. And it's steamy in New York today. It's really bad. Well, it's been pretty bad all week, I feel like. It has been really bad. The weird thing is, like, temperature-wise, it's not bad. There's something about the humidity that's just horrible. 100%. I was just in Carlisle, Pennsylvania last weekend. What's there? uh, Car show. Uh, Chrysler Nationals. Become a car guy. Last year was 95, no humidity, sun was shining, it was warm. This year was 80, crazy humidity, I could barely move. I mean, there's something about the humidity that really knocks knocks the wind out of you. And what's crazy is I went to college in New Orleans, yeah, where you could so cut you the humidity that. with a knife, yeah. and still, like, I Butter am knife. miserable. I just had to walk to the 2-3 train in Brooklyn Heights yeah. to get to Union Hall yeah, in, yeah. In, in Brooklyn. And I was dripping Dying. sweat. Yeah. I couldn't believe how much I was sweating. Anyway. I, wear, I wear a suit. And um, I'm not a suit, but I wear a suit. It's oppressive. Yeah, it is. Um, so today's topic is going to be about memes. Memes have interested me a lot, especially in the last seven months as I've really started to think a little bit more about what memes are. Mm. You know, like the modern Most meme. people don't. And that's the whole point of a meme, so, right? Totally. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to think about it. Give me something short and brief and catchy, and then that will kind of form my opinion about a particular topic. Right. And so, you know, one of the biggest memes that obviously blew up during the last year or so was Pepe the Frog. Mm. Right? Which started a movement, which I think we'll get into. Totally. Yeah. And, you know, another meme that, you know, I've – my girlfriend has always been really mad that I've been, like, hooked on is Harambe. Yeah. Like, I just can't get enough. I can't get enough of it. And for so long, I didn't really even understand why I was into this thing. And I tried to investigate. Like, I I, I tried to be pretty introspective about it. I couldn't really figure it out. Yeah. I read online. There's a a good article from Vice that tried to go into, like, what the obsession with Harambe is in particular. Why the internet won't let Harambe the gorilla die. Exactly. Even though he's dead. Exactly. Yeah. And and so I I think we, we, we may touch on some of that. When I started thinking about this last month, the first thing I obviously did was go to the, you know, the one resource where I know I can get all my answers, Wikipedia, mm. right? And so here's what Wikipedia gives the definition of, uh, for, for me. This is how they define it, right? Mm-hmm. It's an idea, behavior, or style that spreads from person to person within a culture. Uh, that's simple enough, yeah. It acts as a unit for carrying cultural ideas, symbols, or practices that can be transmitted from one mind to another through writing, speech, gestures, rituals, or other emittable phenomena with a mimic theme. Supporters of the concept regard memes as cultural analogs to genes in that they self-replicate, mutate, and respond to selective pressures. Yeah, and so I think what's interesting for me as a unsurprisingly admirer of uh, Professor Richard Dawkins, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the, 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 the idea of a meme 
it came from his book, The Selfish Gene, from 1976, right? So the and we'll go, I think, into a little bit about the history over time. What does the meme mean today, and what was kind of the original idea of of a meme? But I think it's it's kind of fascinating for me to think about somebody who I admire, an evolutionary biologist, coined this term 40 years ago, and it's now. You showed a chart in one of the the links. Is there's a Google chart of. Uh, Kind of the popularity of memes over time, and it was like you know late 2010s where it really just started taking off, and before that, it wasn't this cultural phenomenon that it is today. Yeah, that's kind of fascinating for me. Yeah, so you know the interesting thing is that it went from this anthropological construct mm-hmm. right to now it's sort of bucket challenges and ridiculous. Images with, you know, the the classic meme the OEC is the ridiculous image with the line of content on top and the line yes. of content on bottom. Yeah, 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 right? yeah, yeah. And, you know, with my favorite ones are with Exhibit, you know, the the rapper. I, I do know Exhibit. Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, yeah. I love those. Like, they, they crack me up every I time. I liked him before he did that uh, Punk My Wheels or whatever that yeah, show is called. Ride. Hit My Ride. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, the other, I also came across an article. Now, this is from The Atlantic, which... From my perspective, is a, is a repu- you know reputable uh-huh. uh, news outlet. You know that grumpy cat yeah. meme, which is so popular. This article says that the grumpy cat, the people responsible for grumpy cat, have had made a hundred million dollars. Yeah, right. Fascinating to me that just this cat that looks this way, they just it, it people put some copy on the top and the bottom, and it just takes off, and then there's an opportunity to monetize it, uh, which was fascinating. And Gunther has arrived, newly married. What's your new last name, Gunther? This, this is how it works in the modern, the, the, the uh, modern New York, right? You take the the woman's last name. Weenie face. So, we were talking about memes. Can we talk about Game of Thrones, or is this the wrong podcast? Uh, I want to. Oh, 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 and and we'll we're on topic. We'll we're on topic on the home box office topic. I want to announce. And make it official that I went may have gone a little may have gone a little crazy with a with with the uh, with the binging of Westworld. Oh yeah 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 good show. Yeah that was that it got dirty there. <laughs> is it a good show? Uh, well, so the the the, the, I, the premise is <laughs> this your job is just like the is pre- it the premise no. is uh, is interesting for me. Yeah, the execution. <laughs> Flawed. Totally. And so I'm, I'm, only, I'm, only, right. I'm, I'm only on episode four. Uh, so you Brooklyn. binge it then? I, I binge for four uh, episodes. All right, all right. And you know what's really kind of crazy? We, we won't ruin it for, 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 for the viewers, but um, I started falling asleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not as exciting I, as Game of And I started falling asleep because there's certain sequences that is kind of like, you know, obviously after it, it was late at night, I started kind of binging on it. Yeah. And the it's first two, three episodes, exactly, violent. really exciting. And then I think I may, I actually may be like an episode six and all of this in one day. And by episode six, there were certain episodes that were certain yeah, yeah, yeah. pieces. I get distracted while I'm watching the show too. And I get distracted whenever we're on this podcast. So I apologize. <laughs> we went out on a tangent. No, no, I no. Wanna, but I, it raises interesting moral questions. No. It's tough to make, I think, a 10 part, 10 hour, multiple series, whatever uh, show out of this topic. And I think that the thing that gets me. Like, I think for a lot of people, this concept is fascinating. I, no, no, is novel, right? But, like, for those that work in technology or around technology, like, 
This, po- never- this possibility has been discussed for a long time. It's like recently I rewatched Blade but Runner. But we, we've never been closer to it than now, right? Totally. No, no, I mean, you yeah, can say yeah, that about like anything. The new Blade Runner is coming out, and yeah. I, I, I have high expectations. It'll probably disappoint, like the Aliens, you know, four and five. But, but I got to say that I love the original Blade Runner as a kid. Totally. I watch Blade Runner. I'm in this informal movie club with some folks like where cool. we. Yeah, where we watch film, we don't watch movies, and <laughs> and, and you're, uh, you're so naughty, toady, man. Yeah, your fiance has a carry a purse. She carries a bag. Yeah. <laughs> so I gotta say, everybody loved it, and I I also still love the movie, but you it, take it, out its flaws now. No, 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 it's not even that it's flawed. It's that it feels dated, even though it's the future. Of course, yeah. it was made in the 1980s, thinking about what it would be like in 30 years. Oh, actually, not like five years from now. Two years it's from 2025 or something like that, right? Yeah. But anyway, I, I just thought it was interesting that, like, I still think it's a phenomenal movie. Yeah. It brings up great points. And it's just so funny that all of a sudden I was like, yeah, well, this is going to happen. Like, this is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, they were optimistic or confident yeah. about that, too. Do you watch Game of Thrones? There, there's not uh, enough. There's too many dragons for me. There's only three. I'm just kidding. I, I've watched one episode. I can't watch that. I used to be that way, too. And then I bi- I actually binged 10 okay. episodes in one, the first season in one Sunday, hungover. The next two seasons yeah. over the course of a week and a half, and then I was caught up. And from season four, so right now, now I, I can't miss it. I have Game of Thrones to watch. I have Westworld to watch. I have House of Cards to watch. I have mm. Orange is New Black to watch. Cut House of Cards out of your life. I know people because I know this is interesting. I was having the conversation with Jacqueline about that yesterday, and I said. I used to hear everybody talk about House of Cards, and this season I haven't heard a person talk about House of Cards because and people. I'm, and I asked, I told her this. I said, "Is is reality? Has reality surpassed? Oh yeah, like fiction? No, is, is, is this, I'll tell you what had happened when that threesome with the Emma Driver. It. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. It's no, like, no, okay. second season. I was right, like, yeah. jump the shark right here. He's having a threesome with the limo driver. This is." Yeah, so I'm what is this crap? People have short attention spans, which is why memes are so. F- popular because that's all people want so even house of cards which used to be the great thing they're like oh it's season three four or five whatever on to the next we get it move on hit me with another bit of dopamine or whatever it is and let's that well yeah i, I agree with you too that yeah, the reality I, I, is far i have not had a chance to see the late the, the last season truth yet. is stranger than fiction but but, but before it was super interesting as fiction yeah and now it's like Whoa, like it's yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not it doesn't seem like now that seems like vanilla yeah. with reality <laughs> like, you know like, like the shit that's going on. Have now. you seen oh, the documentary Get Me Roger Stone? No, but it's I really want, good. I want to, but uh I don't know. There's something about it that No, it's it's great. You you yeah. particularly should watch it because it's up your alley. Like I watched it and I was like Right up the alley. Yeah. Okay, cool. So let's get back on task here. Back on task. Okay, give me so the, give me the four one. We get we have we have notes. We have notes. Notes are good. Me so, me so me me. So I me, went me. through I went through the definition of a meme that yeah. I found on Wikipedia. Sorry, going a step back, I started with by saying why I'm interested in this topic. Yeah. Especially the last seven eight months, I'm infatuated with a couple of specific memes. I wanted to investigate why I'm so interested in them. I love this. I love I, I, I love that energy behind the podcast. So, like these are things we are all around the table. We're like a good sample of the everyday dude, geniuses. kind of yeah, somewhat geniuses, baby geniuses, <laughs> and to be able to say, you know what, I was interested in this. Let's talk about it. I think it's really nice. 
yes. blanket to yeah. wrap ourselves around. A nice wet so, blanket. So, so we we started with uh, the anthropological definition. Ooh, sexy. Well, so what I what I'd like to just add real quick from yeah. uh, an interview with with Richard Dawkins is. Richard Dawkins is an evolutionary biologist. He's a best-selling author. He's one of the four horsemen of the atheist apocalypse. He's a he's an outspoken uh, critic of religion. Uh, he is you know studied at Oxford. He's British. He is in his seventies now, and you know he's a, he's a real advocate for intellectual honesty and reason. And he wrote a book in the nineteen seventies, The Selfish Gene, which I think has been. I saw a lecture with with him in, or a conversation with him, Sam Harris, back in LA last in LA last year, where the the idea was that it was kind of misinterpreted what the selfish gene is. It's not that humans are selfish; it's that the the, the goal of a gene is to replicate, right? It's to reproduce itself, and so in that sense, it's selfish. But um, but so anyway, so Richard Dawkins came up with this idea, with this concept of a meme, a meme, and he. He says in one of these articles that the internet meme, which is a lot of what we're going to talk about in this podcast, is hijacking the original idea of what a meme is. And that instead of mutating by random change and spreading by a form of Darwinian selection, which is what genes do, that memes today are altered deliberately by human creativity. So unlike genes, which was the original meaning of a meme, there's no attempt at accuracy of copying, internet memes are deliberately altered. So a gene in its pure sense is kind of organically replicates, right? Whereas a, a, a internet meme of today is humans taking an image and deliberately modifying that with words and taking it out of the context and then, and then repurposing it for something else. And a good example is an article that that you shared about Maggie Goldenberger, which was this oh my god or whatever it is, where she made she when she was younger she made a weird face. It was actually not really her, but somebody found the picture and said, "Oh my god, look at this girl from the 1980s," and it was the nostalgia involved. And they put work, so they deliberately altered what the original intent of that was. And, and I don't so know what the, what that means exactly because it was like you know what that means. <laughs> what that means. So. What Richard Dawkins genes, um, but genes mutate. They, they just, do just as memes. They mutate. do, but they're not deliberately modified. What does that mean, though? So, so, so genes. You know, they don't. It have happens organically, exactly, right? right? So genes, but so they have a, they have a purpose, um, but they're not as opposed to uh, a, a, an image like this Maggie Goldenberger, yeah. uh, where it it had one particular purpose, and then. Other people got wind of it and modified it for their own purpose. So they've deliberately changed what that image was supposed to mean and represent. Okay. And that's what the, the modern day internet mean. Fair enough, fair enough. That I mean I, I I I think I think I get it. So it's been co the the, 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 the term meme has been co-opted, which is fine. It's but evolved, it, yeah. right, to where we are today. And it's and and it a meme is a, something so uh, on one level, simple, that now has resulted in some really, I think, more complex and powerful movements, such as the alt-right, which started out as a meme. Okay, yeah, we, 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 what, we'll what, yeah why, why don't we get to that? What are your thoughts? Do you have any thoughts here, Gunther? <sighs> Many thoughts. So as I was reading the article, the one that stood out to me the most, where the article's about corporate profit behind these things. 
the Chewbacca lady, for example, the uh, Catch Me Outside girl, she's minting right now. Grumpy cat, minting. I remember working one time with a company that um, whose marketing director of marketing, his job basically one day he came he came to the office and said, "There are these memes happening in YouTube. We need to start creating content and seeing." how to license them. And, and his background was a Hollywood agent guy. Uh, so he saw the view on like, people find this funny, let's grab that and like a wet rag, let's just squeeze all the water out of it, right? So, Which is not the original intent of what a meme is. Well, so this is- That's what I was trying now, to connect the Dawkins original concept of organically becoming something. And now a marketing director at a big company is deliberately altering something in order for it to go viral and then enhance the brand. So it was interesting because as you're talking about like anthropology and biology, I am over here kind of keying away because I'm looking at like Russian imperialist propaganda and you can be like, you know, I I haven't done enough research or any research really to kind of like all the way back in it, but let's take a look at who adopted Russian imperialist propaganda and who's made a mint Don and repurposing all of this stuff, right? And well, no, uh, Shepard Ferry, and like a lot of these, a lot of his things. Uh, well, specific when we're talking about Shepard Ferry, we can look at uh, Obey who? Giant, Shepard Ferry, Obey Giant, Obey. Oh, oh, Obey, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So he did Under the Giant, took the picture of Under the Giant, puts Obey on it kind of floods the the market with his stickers and he has like his obey cruise kind of like putting stickers all over the place and it becomes a meme and, and immediately or or in the um in the perspective that we're talking about memes or the discussion that we're having about memes today in, in the podcast but then i start you got me thinking of who else has created memes and one of the examples that they had in uh, one of the articles you sent out was like the uh, Susie the River or like the uh, Uncle Sam watching the army. Those are kind of like meme propaganda-ish. But you could also talk about Andy Warhol. And like yeah, I was just thinking that. The Campbell Soup and like the cowboy, like uh, James Dean kind of like images. All of these things like were in a way appropriated from something original and then created into culture. So where this, this is in a way for me to like go the roundabout way of saying one thing is art. And art happens by inspiration and art happens happens in situation and art happens as a reflection of a particular thing. The other thing to me is design. Let's grab that piece of artwork and let's figure out how we can commercialize it and like put it out into the masses. It's interesting to me. I loved like the damn Daniel thing because it was so absurd and it was so interesting. Damn just, Daniel. Right? And like it was just two teenage boys kind of like interacting with each other and it was so dumb. But like as a culture, we reacted to that immediately. It, it, it really had a narrative about pop culture, about youth culture, about the, the current moment. Now, what was really interesting to me is about a week later, I was I think I was on YouTube and a clip popped up and it was like the damn Daniel guys were on Ellen and like she hooked them up with like vans and surfboards and all these different things. And all of a sudden I'm like a moment that was captured, a moment of youth that was captured immediately sensationalized into celebrity status and like gifts and sponsorships are pouring on top of that. So I'm not necessarily, I wouldn't say that I'm mad at it, I think that's 
the artist receiving the prize. But I, but many, I, I, many I guess people don't reap the benefits of. I think like that girl of, that you were talking about, the girl with the with the Girl Scout cookie thing. Yeah, the yeah, or, yeah, or the biggest one are the Guy Fox max masks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, where, the beneficiaries are the corporations that sell the mask. Yeah, like Warner Brothers makes like half a million dollars a year. Six hundred thousand. Yeah, depending on the number of masks sold. From from just from selling those, and it's supposed to be used as this protest. Sure. Sort of. People, people. The, the thing that people are protesting against are actually inadvertently supporting by buying the mask and and and, and watching people go watch uh, you know V for Vendetta and whatever else. But yeah. so I, I'll make a distinction between a meme, right, which is an image with text. Uh, oftentimes taken out of context versus like viral moments. I think that's the same. Like, well, so a meme can go viral, but a, a but but a viral moment is not necessarily a meme, right? So, damn Daniel, is that a meme or that's a? Th- th- those are people who are deliberately, you know, they're, they're they're making videos. They're deliberately putting themselves in situations that I think. Are not the original idea of, of kind of an organic, spontaneous moment that happens to be something that people can relate to when it gets distributed widely through all these various. So people. one uh, one of the articles was this idea of like the image and being able to put text over the image. Is the photo the meme? Like that little kid, for example, I'll doing ask the fist because I, I the feel like kid. the Harambe is a is a concept, but it, it also was. Harambe was a video. Harambe was the news. And how is that? I, I haven't seen Harambe as a meme per se. Harambe continues kind of popping up in different ways, in different forms, not just as a photo with text on it. Well, I mean, Harambe is a meme. I mean, Harambe is... Is, is Harambe the concept of Harambe the meme or is there an image that is the meme? No, I think the concept of Harambe is a meme. Okay. Like after that happened, I heard kids screaming out, out for Harambe. Right. And like that and you was. You look to see the <laughs> And I found it so fascinating. And then I got behind the whole Harambe thing. You know? In what sense though, right? Because if I look at that article. So the thing about memes are they can be used as a sardonic, an anti establishment, a really negative, you know, like the direction that they can head is really dark. Right, if we think about like the alt right, which is spurred from the meme and Pepe the Frog and all that stuff, which was a meme, a really, a really benign kind of character that was then co-opted by this group. And we think about who who what who is in the alt-right. So the Harambe meme has also been co-opted for negative, in my opinion, purposes. Where it is making fun of, which so there are the, the vegans and the animal rights activists who are like, no, Harambe was amazing, and I can't believe you killed this beautiful animal. And then there are the people on the other side who are like, look at you, f- we're actually gonna take that and it's gonna mean something dark and different and sinister. So when you say you got behind it, what do you mean? I know, I think I know you well enough to know that you're not, which side you're on. Yeah, yeah. It's probably neither of those two extremes that I just pointed out, but when you say you got behind it, like what does that actually mean? Meme. So I I think that the thing is that the idea, the entire exchange that occurred at the Cincinnati Zoo was so ridiculous, right? First, well, the concept was, of a zoo in and of itself is ridiculous, but then the particular to, totally, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah. So 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 a kid went, escaped his mom, went down into this enclosure, and. A, a, somebody put a gun 
Oh, like the gorilla keeper shakily put a gun to Harambe's head and blew him away. The whole thing is is horrific, but yeah. it's also absurd. It's absurd. Life is absurd, and I like Albert Camus for that reason. But but yeah, I mean, I know, I t- totally. But 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 I think that the, the thing is is that I've been sitting here thinking, and it's like, yes, we've all given examples of memes. Yeah. But I still like for me the memes that work for me are absurd. And the memes that work for me are memes that I don't necessarily have to think about what I'm communicating. That's the point of a meme. They, there is already something out there that can ease that communication. So it, it also kind of feeds into just everyone's not having to think as much before they communicate nowadays. Sure. It, it well, makes it so much easier. So a meme is like already – But it's not a substitute for thinking. And I think this is where no. I have a problem. And I'm not, I'm not saying that you're advocating that position. We're bombarded with lots of information all the time. We don't have the, the, the bandwidth, the resources, the interest to really go through and fact check and, and research everything. I'm a marketer, right? You guys are marketers. So the idea for me to be able to communicate really succinctly the point that I want to get across in order for somebody to take the action I want to take is, is really powerful. Yeah. Can I say in two sentences what other people can say in 30? Hopefully, because then, you know, but I, a meme is never a substitute for critical thinking, for really understanding an issue. But I, I don't think that's the point, right? I mean, like, just, it, 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 is, is LOL said, is we, LOL a meme? And then, no, well, the no, poop no. emoji no, no, it's, became... It's an abbreviation. Yeah, it's an abbreviation. Are emojis meme? No, they're, no, no, no. They're abbreviations for... A, I think it's a meme. Like, wh- wh- no, but, but I think the idea of a meme is that it, it, to your point, an emoji typically isn't absurd. It's just a way in which it's a shortened... It's a visual, shortened, condensed way to express something. Isn't that what a meme does? No, I think there's a, a couple additional layers on that. I want to jump in for a quick second, and I actually don't want to say anything. I want to show you guys something. Oh, my God. Don't pull I it out, want, Gunther. I'm not ready for this. <laughs> it's, I'm a married man. Come on. Uh, All and, the more reason. You're never going to get it out again. And uh, I, want, I, I want for you guys to kind of describe what you're seeing in front of you. So I have... Um, I have I have friends of mine that are in uh, the fabrication industry, and we always talk about like business opportunities. Wait, wait, what is the fabrication? fabrication industry? Yeah, Fake news? so fabrication uh, in steel, fabrication oh, in plastic, oh, fabrication oh. Like, like, like making up something. No, 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 no but like fabrication, fabrication. And we were trying to come up with an idea of like uh, last December, we we're trying to come up with ideas of like all the time. We're always going to jump on the call. Man, can, what can we make? What can we make? Just I like this idea of like doing something with my hands. And then making something. Now, I came up with this idea. He thought it was brilliant, but it never ended up going anywhere. We um, we just figured out that the cost margin and revenue margins were just were not there. But I want to share this with you guys. Wow! Look at that. So we were looking at Christmas ornaments with a poop emoji <laughs> and the Harambe Christmas like ornament laser cut. And as well as a puzzle kit for kids or like the idea of like elections, like Harambe 2016 kind of deal. Mm-hmm. But it was like, he was like, he, re, he approached me like, what can we do from a product standpoint? And me as a designer, I'm constantly kind of like looking into the market, looking into side, like what, what, what is hot right now? And I'm like, listen, man, these ideas are incredibly stupid. But right now it's like struggling the iron's hot. Like if, if we do this right now, we're not going to be rich from it. We'll yeah. probably get $500 or $1,000, whatever. But, like, it's going to put the name of his company as a fabricator, like, on the market if he yeah. decides to, like, put his name. Yeah, on. Th- th- you make a good point. It's like, a lot of these flame out. And yeah. I still oh, haven't th- gone to the reason why some of them stick so well. 
so the one piece of data that I did look into when I was, you know, investigating memes mm-hmm. was Google Trends, which I love going to just to give me a, um, yeah, like a sense of of interest in, in specific topics. So I'll post this in the notes for the podcast, but essentially, um, I looked at from 2004 to now the number of times the word meme or memes was searched for yeah. on Google. It you will see that up until 2008, nothing, nothing, nothing. Then around April 2011 is when things started to really explode to the point where mm-hmm. it's it's. You know, like can it, you do it one favor while we're on topic? Can you look for the term on Google Trends "dancing baby" because that was in one of your articles? Yeah, and I would love to see. They basically called it "dancing baby." Well, that happened well, in the this, '90s. Well, that was a '90s thing, and I don't think there's data pre 2004. No, this this uh, weird fate, you know, the girl who made the weird face. She was. I think that was early. That was 2011. That was around the time. Yeah. So I think another thing that happened around now. That's interesting is like 4chan. I, I need to find you guys this article about the expl- like the how 4chan has created the modern male, which is really interesting. So what I want to say is that like around early 2010, 2011, I was trying to think like what could have happened. And, all, and if, if you look at the chart, it peaked in November 2016, which was our election. Right. Yeah. Which is interesting. So what, what happened in 2010? So, all so, right, man. Which so, also got credibility. And validity through this election and, and one of these articles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what, what, why don't we leave the alt-right out of this for a second? Er, earlier was, and I, I, it's related to the alt-right, but it's not necessarily the alt-right. It's, you the know, folks, folks who were in 4chan in the late 2000s. Uh, you know, I, I'll send you guys an article about how a lot of alienated males collectively found each other on 4chan. The thing that's interesting is early 2010s is when... The rise of the Tea Party, right? And there was the Occupy Wall Street, Street, yeah. right? Which so, are with, so complete, diametrically opposed forces. Maybe, but there were the Tea all, Party and, and the and the protests on Wall Street are to, yeah. fine, yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they are both sort of like extreme the manifestations of marginalized groups within society who sure. have acted out in different ways. Fine, fine, fine. Totally fine. I, I, that, I think that's what. Yeah, yeah. That, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. But out of that came all the folks, the anonymous folks wearing their, you know, Guy Fox masks mm-hmm. around then. And I think that's when sites like 4chan became more like bigger, like outside of these just like gamers sitting in their parents' bedroom. Anonymous. And, and it and it blew up and blew up and blew up. And look, around the 2012 election, stuff started to happen, and then meme generators started to happen, and and like the explosion just like hit a peak in 2016 and it, it's falling heavily now the interest in memes for whatever reason i think but, we're but flooded it, with them but it's still yeah it's still quite large and also like memes are so easy nowadays like within slack you just hit slash giphy and it'll create a meme yeah for you. i like gifs better than i do memes but yeah so anyway i think this it's is interesting fad. i think this is interesting uh, I don't think it's a fad. Why would it be a fad? Well, no, I mean, you just said that the interest has fallen off. It, it, it's so fallen it, it from is, its peak. So what's more, I'm still really caught up on this idea of viral versus meme because to me, I think they're the same thing. That's what no, I no, thought. But but a meme can be viral. But if it's viral, it doesn't have to be a meme. It could be a, a ten. You know, it could be. So a, where was so as I was getting ready coming over here, I started thinking of what company today that I know of or that I interact with. Uh, it's a video uh, on a somewhat regular basis. I, I was like, what company do I know that is a meme producer? 
or a viral producer. In my mind, one and the same. And I was thinking of Barstool Sports. Saturdays are for the boys. One bite, everybody knows the rules. Like all of these different things that like they've put. The whole point of a viral video is that it happens organically. In, in, in theory, right? But that if you have like a massive somebody following. doing something stupid and then. No, so I'm, I'm with you. So this, is, this is what I was thinking. I, this is what I was thinking. Is we kind of went from the organic meme to the Guy Fox corporate meme. And I'm like, what is the future of the meme? And I was thinking, I'm like, are companies like Barstool Sports, are they a meme manufacturer company? Meaning companies that are looking, if you think like. I, I, so. Uh, Barstool pops up on my Instagram and these guys are releasing a new t-shirt for a new thing that they just came up with every other week. Yeah. If the t-shirt sells, they have something on their hands. If the t-shirt doesn't sell, great. They'll throw them away. They'll, they'll, they'll print a different one next week. Yeah. And yeah. it's been really interesting to me kind of to follow those actions. They have 12, 20, 25 guys kind of coming up with absurd yeah. things. So I think this, in some sense, comes full circle because, again, the original idea of what a meme is versus what it meme means today, it gets co-opted, right? So you could say Peppy the Frog got co-opted and now it means something else. Harambe co-opted and now it means something else. They but, have a t-shirt. Well, no, no. Harambe was an an- a beautiful animal in a zoo who was killed well, we because a child. We don't know if beautiful or not. But. Well, Oh, no, no. I, I mean, I happen to think so. I happen to think so. I, I think. Well, but they, they capitalized really capitalize on a handsome, handsome, handsome gorilla. He was a handsome gorilla. But I mean that like cuddling. Now, now Harambe means something entirely different than what it was. I don't even and, know what it means. Well, I, I don't know what it means either. I, I think it's just the absurdity of these things. Just so like that's the what woman. That, it now comes to represent something that it, it was. It's a gorilla who was killed because a kid fell in a pen and now you've got all different it, people as- okay, so, different associations with with Haram. And if somebody says out for Haram, what does that even mean? I don't know. Well, no, that, 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 that <laughs> I think no, I think that, that <laughs> but, no, but that's what's so no, funny but, to me about it. It's just so weird. It's like what does that even mean? Well, I, mean, I remember sending what? my si- I remember sending my sister the damn Daniel thing and she's just about a year younger than I am and she replied back to me she's like I don't get it. And and and, and, and people our age well, there's a so, generational thing. Of so course. often I'm sending these things. Living in New York, I feel like we have to and we get it and we have to get it. Living in New York, I keep sending these to like friends of mine that live outside of New York or even that live in New York that are my age. They're just not happen to be in like design and technology marketing industries. And they're like, I don't get it. And they they almost develop this not anger, but this like annoyance towards this youngest younger generation. Who, who laughs at these things that make zero sense. You know, so, well, so I, 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 th- I, I think those are people that are a little too literal with things. Well, yeah, yeah, there's literalists, and then there's... There, don't, don't you? I, no. I, 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 I meet plenty of people who don't find humor in a lot of... Yeah, but... In, in, my, in my, the well, but this is part of the problem, right? And I think one of these articles I read, which is there is a repulsion against the sanctimoniousness and the self-righteousness oftentimes of our friends on the left, right? So there is an, an extremism from a liberal perspective that is so self-righteous and sanctimonious that any the, the, the name of this podcast is Crisscross Applesauce. And the reason why it's named that way is because there's an absurdity. People get offended by everything. And I think, you know, to, to – I mean, you're Mainly earlier, liberals do, though. Ma- ma- main, well, uh, no. As a liberal well, – well, no, no, no. Liberals get upset about everything. I could argue from the other side, which is like, 
you know, our, a lot of the alt-right, I go back to that, are Christian fundamentalists who are offended by gay marriage. Like, like that, like, like you, you, we, we can argue on where on the spectrum of gay marriage is versus like a, uh, saying, let's sit Indian style as opposed to Chris Crop applesauce. But the, the, the whole point of this podcast is we're making fun of liberals who are too overly sensitive. And the concept of a meme was started by these marginalized, quote unquote, you know, nerds, gamers, people on the fringe, whatever, who then said, oh, look at you guys. You're so easily offended. We're going to take Harambe because you guys get so worked up about a gorilla that died. And we're now going to use that to throw it in your face. All right. Didn't didn't spread Harambe. Yeah, yeah they, I mean, they're, they're part of it. Read, read some of these articles. Absolutely. What? Well, no, no. They, 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 they Is that what it have... says in the Vice article? Uh, no, there's a, there's another article, the the rise of the internet's internet's dirtbag left, right? So the the the, oh. the counterpoint to the all right is the dirtbag left, which we may or may not be a part of. Um, uh, I don't I don't want you know I th- I think labeling groups and people is never a good thing because we can have different viewpoints about a, an array of topics. But even even Richard Spencer, right, the so-called leader of the all right, said that his movement was memed into existence. Right, that they use the memes as a way in which to easily communicate their ideas about, you know, homophobia and white supremacy and all these other things. So there is a, a immense power in a meme, for good or for bad, like most things that 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 we, that we we do. But Harambe, I think, is an example that either side could take it, depending on what your your viewpoint is. So either I want to use the meme to really shine a light on. You know, should animals be in zoos? Should they be killed as opposed to tranquilized, right? And <laughs> but I don't think those people would find it very funny. No, no, the, 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 this is the thing. A meme isn't necessarily funny. Right? Most memes are, though. No, I mean... I, the, are memes re, re, really re, funny? Re, like, re, that's the how they become... The T-Rex guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or my God. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. <laughs> They're funny. No, let's, let's read what the, the definition of a meme is. An idea, behavior, or style that spreads from person to person within a culture. That's viral. That's viral. Yeah, that's viral, right. I agree. But so not all things that are viral are memes, but maybe all memes are viral, right? Fair like, enough. There's, a, there's, a, there's not an Correct. exact... Yeah, I agree with e- that. ...equal relationship between the two. But a meme... Can be funny because humor. I mean, well, first of all, humor could be dark, it could be light, it could be depending on your perspective. You know, you you, you could find different things funny. You could find f- the absurd funny, well, which I, I think I, we all do. But a meme doesn't necessarily have to be funny. It just has to be successful with the with the target group. Yeah, it just has to be an idea that is easily communicated. I don't think it has to be spread. a target group, though. I think it. I think a, a good meme is one that. Spreads to anyone. That's easy for anyone to. No, that's the definition of a meme. <laughs> that's so definition of viral. You don't viral. Mean good. So I think I think what, what I'm hearing Mike kind of say on this is there will be groups out there who disregard Harambe as a meme or disregard the 100%. T-Rex and they're like, I don't care what a meme is. I, this doesn't speak to me. Yeah. And there are other groups that will adopt it and will be like, this is hilarious. Or like, for example, the whole Dem Daniel. I had no idea what it meant. But I thought it was funny. I shared it with my sister. She didn't get it. And yeah. it's like... Your sister's 75 years old, though. Yeah. <laughs> so, so on a side note, I'm going to post another article to the, to the, to the notes of this, which is uh, one that I touched on earlier. It's about um, the rise of Trump supporters on 4chan. And I think the reading this article will kind of explain the explosion of memes that happened after 2010. The tagline in this Medium post is Trump's younger supporters 
No, he's an incompetent joke. In fact, that's why they support him. 100%. So so I, I think it's like a super interesting... They do that to f*** with the establishment, right? So there are people, there are Republicans who would support a Republican if, if it was regardless of who it is, right? There's a certain percentage of population, and then there's this other group who are on 4 totally. whatever, who do it just to f*** with the sanctimonious and self-righteous and holier-than-thou liberals who say everybody should be equal, there's a utopia that should exist, and they're like, nah, f*** that. We're just gonna jam it in your eye because we're already fucking marginalized, man. We sit in our basement, we don't have a job, we don't have a future, we're white, people are telling us that white ain't right, and now we're gonna say, yeah, we don't even necessarily like Trump, but he's a f thumb in the eye of, of, of People who think that they know better than us. True. So that's episode five of Crisscross Applesauce about memes. And I'm so sorry I was late. That's fine. Gunther was late. Next episode, Gunther will be leading. Yeah, so I'm excited buddy. to hear what he's going to be talking about. Last time he talked about language. Language. So, yeah. Is that language? Yeah, that it's is. It's language. very harsh language. It's very harsh language. Check us out at our Twitter handle, XXAS Podcast. I am Gunther Chenange. Chinange. Yes. I am Michael Jardiner. And I'm Amit Cooner. Till next time, don't get so offended. Mm -hmm.